everyone to uh, another episode of Born and Then Raised. This is Ravi speaking to you. All right, and this is Raf. And uh, today, yeah, we're just going to be continuing our discussion from from last week. I know last week we spoke about um, police brutality and the way crime is perceived in poor black communities. And mm-hmm. I guess uh, while we're talking about that discussion, we touched very briefly on slavery. And uh, today we're just going to spend some time speaking about the connection between slavery and modern day racism and one of the only things that are left i guess in our society that are very tangible connections to slavery and that's mm-hmm. the confederate flag yeah so we're just going to be linking our discussion from last week bringing it back to slavery and then coming into this topic of the confederate flag that obviously has become one of the most controversial conversations that you know people have been having in the last couple of weeks yeah yeah and i mean even back in 2015 it was a really yeah heavy conversation i mean a lot of statues were being um defaced or even torn down mm-hmm. you know down south there's a lot of schools a lot of uh parks and other monumental pieces in society and culture that refer to a lot of individuals from the civil war on the confederate side of things right so right and i think honestly before we start talking about the confederacy in terms of you know the division between the Union States and the Southern Confederate States, yeah. I think it's important for us to establish the fact that there's always been that connection between slave ownership and slavery to a boost in the American economy. Okay? Yeah. Like we were, we were discussing prior to this, how a lot of the states, uh, the Southern States at the time during, you know, the division period, which we were talking civil war times, 1861 to 1865. We spoke briefly about how, at the time, a lot of the richer people in America were actually people that were in the farming industry that had plantations, yeah. and it was because of free labor. Okay, mm-hmm. like the economy was very reliant on free labor and allowed there to be larger profits for the slave owners and people that were running these farms. Yeah. So I think before we even start talking about at what point we started to consider that to be a, a bad thing or wrong thing or trying to eradicate slavery in America, it's important to note that. The reason why slavery was a thing and the reason why it perpetuated was perpetuated for such a long time was because of its profitability to the U.S. economy. Yeah. No, of course. Right. So now that we've gotten that out of the way and we, you know, we've, we've established that connection, I guess it's important for when we when we move forward. Right. When we start talking about, you know, when we get to the when you eventually get to the point where we were talking about the flag and the way it's perceived today. Mm-hmm. which I know we're going to get into later on, but I yeah. guess we're just going to bring it back right now. And I, I don't know, I kind of want you to start talking about the history, right? Like whether you want to start pre 1861 or. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess it's, it's really important to look before the civil mm-hmm. war. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's important to look before uh, the civil war, primarily at a heavy institution that the U S as a whole mm-hmm. relied on, you know, North and South, you yeah. know, they're yeah. like, I just want to like establish also the fact that, in the midst of the Civil War, it wasn't even just the South that had slaves. Like, it was also mm-hmm. up North. And that's mm-hmm. an important thing that um, that I think it's important to point out. So, with Abraham Lincoln, I guess, a lot of people seem to attribute this idea to him. Like, oh, Emancipation right. Proclamation. Like, you know, it's free the slaves. It's a heavy moral. Like, it's uh-huh. it's morally the right thing to do. Yeah. But at the time, it really wasn't quite a moral thing. It was more so a military strategy. Right. And it was there to... It was used to to diminish the income uh-huh. of the South, right? Right. So this would stop them from seceding, and it would basically destroy the entire, you know, basis for war as uh-huh. a whole. Uh-huh. So using that, you know, concept and using that logic, we're able to see that the primary, you know, the one idea, the one topic that 
was revolved around in the Civil War was slavery. Right. Right. So right. once we can establish that, then I think it's a lot easier to go on and then start to tackle just the idea or the symbolism of the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. So from there, you know, I think it's like, I think it's important to look at. I mean, if we're going to look at the flag, then we have to look at the roots. Right. So from my research, I found that with the Confederate flag originally in 1861, you know, early years of the war, they actually there actually wasn't one central flag like they right. actually had numerous um, battle flags they called it mm-hmm. so let's say like you know Tennessee had a different flag from you know Alabama right mm-hmm. like they they all had different um, battle flags that they were fighting under but eventually I believe it was na- uh, geez, 1863 yeah Robert E Lee had his own flag and this was called the um what was the ANV flag and this is kind of what we see today this is what we see today. Mm-hmm. But it's you know it's it's a red it's a red background with the two uh, like with an X across it down the middle with stars and like the blue stripes, and this flag was on the top left side of like a white banner, mm-hmm. and this is what they considered to be you know like the flag mm-hmm. after Robert E Lee anyways. Right. But it wasn't until 1904 where the United Confederate Veterans, which was a group that was created after the Civil War mm-hmm. um, to maintain the idea of, you know, the Confederacy and to, you know, create this idea of, you know, I guess respect for mm-hmm. the for the veterans, those who died in the Civil War. All right. This group issued a statement in 1904 stating that, oh, like, you know, we didn't have numerous flags. This was our primary flag. So from the beginning, you can already kind of see the sense of like, you know, unification like they're they're trying to i guess unify one group of people under one massive flag but by this right. point the civil war is already over right so now you're just kind of trying to you're you're literally just trying to unify a group of people under one ideology mm-hmm. not more so like a a side of a war anymore yeah. it's more so an idea right so right. you know speaking on the UCV um United Confederate Veterans there was also like other groups that came up after um, the Civil War. I mean, we all know there's you no know, the Ku Klux Klan, Daughters of the Confederacy, the United Daughters of the Confederacy, and that was the UDC. And then there was the Sons of Confederate, like you know, soldiers. So there were like there was like three or four groups. Obviously, the Ku Klux Klan was very extreme, but they all you know ran under that one idea of like you know this new flag Mm -hmm. they all ran under that flag Mm -hmm. so from there i mean even looking way way forward um this new confederate flag that you know this one this one flag was then used to unify all these people and around the civil rights movement that's Mm -hmm. when you started to see younger people take this flag and they started to apply it to like as a way to go against the civil rights movement right to go against desegregation it was meant to support the jim crow laws so you can already start to see that like with this flag this flag was used you know for the longest time as a way to like divide Mm -hmm. and as a way to oppress and keep one group away from from the Mm -hmm. pride that that this group once felt and i also found um a historian i can't remember the name of the historian but the historian kind of broke down the response to the loss of loss in the civil war for the confederacy they broke it down to three terms it started with bereavement so that's kind of like you know the grief whether it was um you know mourning those soldiers and you know kind of i guess putting them to rest um in memoriam and then it went to celebration so they started to celebrate the lives of like you know those they lost and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth and then it went to i believe it was vindication 
this is where you start to see, I guess, the oh, it wasn't that bad. And this the process of vindicate the process of vindication was found in the education in the South after the Civil War, and it was found in the politics. So the Ku Klux Klan, that's when like the Ku Klux Klan has been known to basically use their force, or I guess in 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 history they they use their force to stop people from voting. Mm-hmm. You know, to stop people from, I guess, expressing their certain li- civil liberties. Right. And these other groups, whether it was the UDC, um, the Daughters of the Confederates, and then the Sons, or even the Veterans Confederates, um, the Confederate Veterans, excuse me, they would go after the education down south, and they would try to teach the uh, like a different form of history. So they kind of expressed slavery as like, the faithful servants in a way Mm -hmm. right and it kind of made slavery to be a nicer institution than what it actually was Mm -hmm. and you know this the education like just about how controlled the education and politics really was after the civil war tells you that a lot of it was just saving face a lot of it was kind of like creating this new narrative Mm -hmm. behind the pretense that there was still an underlying you know like hate for losing this form of economy slavery right right so from there, I guess that's kind of where like we start to look at, I guess, why the Confederacy like, or why people today kind of use this Confederate flag. And like, I mean, I think now we should kind of really get into, I guess, the the reasons that you hear commonly, like, I guess today. I mean, some of the reasons that I know I've heard, like I've heard it's, you know, it's, it's a Southern pride thing. And I guess the concept of Southern pride is, I guess, somewhere to start when looking at dissenting opinions. So, I mean, what did you think or what have you found? I mean, I mean yeah, like, of course after hearing all that stuff that you were talking about, obviously, I think one of the things that I, I told you prior to us, you know, getting on this episode mm-hmm. was the way I perceive the whole uh, civil war. Right. Okay. And I think that a lot of times when people think about the Confederate flag or the Confederacy, of course, it's a term that we started to use to describe this group of people that left the union, right? Like these, these Southern States that created their own ideologies. But I think what we forget to mention is that, the Confederates weren't the ones fighting for change. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think that when we look at the Confederate ideals, they're not things that were set in stone in the 1860s. It's something that had, you know... Already been there. Already been there, okay? They're on the side of trying to keep things the way that they are. So whenever whenever we start this discussion of Confederacy and the Confederate flag and people saying, you know, it's just... It's Southern pride. It's like, you do understand that it's not just the heritage. It's not just the fighting you know celebrating the the lives that were lost during the war it's like yeah th- it's an ideal that started prior to that mm-hmm. so when people are expressing it as southern pride like it's our heritage whatever th- the way that i look at that is the symbol the confederate flag right the symbol of confederacy yeah. has been used repeatedly in history during a time when there's been some law or at least a group of people opposing oppression okay mm-hmm. like when we look at the mid-20th century when they were um desegregation laws being passed and people were really really vocal about very vocal about segregation Mm. that was when you saw an uptick in the number of people that were you know wearing stuff that had the confederate flag on it or having that discussion yeah because in as much as the you know most of the population might try and deny it and say it's a southern pride thing it's also a very white supremacist thing because white supremacist Mm, groups use the flag and identify by the flag yeah okay and i think that if, if it's as far as expressing Southern pride, there has to be other ways to do it that doesn't necessarily, you know, suggest this extreme idea. 
Yeah. Okay. And I think that's what I think that's what people don't understand. And it's like, yes, the Confederate flag, in as much as it represents Southern Southern pride, even if you look at it, its inception, it didn't start as a result of the ideals of the South. It started as mm. a group of people trying to go against a change in those ideals. Yeah. And what change was going on at the time? It was anti-slave changes. Mm. People trying to ch- end slavery. Okay. Yeah. And so, if we're looking at that inception and the inception alone. You can already you can't deny the fact that at least one of the bigger parts of it becoming a thing, the flag or the Confederacy, is as a way to go against um, slave abolition. Yeah. Okay. There is you you there is a racial backing behind the Confederacy. It's it, you know of course yeah. we use that term right now, but at the time it probably wasn't a a question of of race, right? It was just a these economic people deserved it, right? It, it it was an economic it was an economic thing, but. Ultimately, it ended up in this group of people wanting to keep another group of people at a lower rank mm-hmm. so as to benefit their own pockets, which mm-hmm. is the whole concept of slavery. And, you know, we've come to describe it today as a racial injustice, whatever. But basically, by saying, you know, it, it, it talks of Southern pride and ignoring the fact that there's some racial undertones to it, mm-hmm. you know, you're losing the argument because part of the real reasons why there was even that division between the union states and the southern states was over slave abolition yeah there's there's no debate to that they left the union because there were other um states within the union that were trying to go towards um a a time in america where they wouldn't need slaves anymore and they were going to set slaves free right and i know we've been we've been doing our research and one of the things that i found and the reason why we made that comment about abe lincoln and saying it was more for military strategy Mm -hmm. is because in the past there were other Governors of other states that came to him with with this quote unquote bill to pass, saying we want to abolish slaves in our own respective yeah. um, communities where we have authority, mm. and he he you know he delayed that because at the time he yeah. saw it as a way to keep the southern states from rebelling against the union and to keep yeah. America united. But during the war, when he realized that the rebellion was already a thing, and you know. Was, was there was late. no point. He was like, okay, we're, we're going to go right ahead and, and pass the Emancipation uh, Proclamation. Mm-hmm. So as far as it just being a symbol of of Southern pride, which I believe it is, it is also, in my regards, foolish to ignore that there is a, there's a, there's a secondary portion of it, at least, which yeah. which I would argue is, is the main focus of the Confederacy rather than Southern pride. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's important to point out that, like, you know, there are racial undertones, mm-hmm. but I think... Even beyond calling them racial undertones, I would right. call it foundation. Right. Like, you know, like even like as as you start to, I guess, follow history and you kind of work yourself backwards, you start to realize that all of this is based on the concept, the idea mm-hmm. that this group of people, like these groups of people are inferior to me and mm-hmm. I can use them for my benefit. Like that's really like, as much as like as, as economic as we want to make it, you know, hey, back then times were different. At the end of the day, it was based on the concept that we are better than these people mm-hmm. and they need to work for us right? for the betterment of our wealth. right? So I think there's really like when you truly look at the roots, it's just it's hard to argue that. Mm-hmm. But even when you look at the idea of like the pride, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you can even see through history that the pride has become more and more, I guess, covert. Like at one point you would call it extreme, right? Like at one point, if we were to like, I guess, uh, come up to someone who supported the Confederate flag and like, let's say they weren't an extreme individual, right? They or like they weren't like, you know, oh, like black people are inferior, like so on and so forth. That's not them. Right. They look back in history and they look at what these people would say about 
African Americans, mm-hmm. and it was extreme. Like if if you were to pull a Confederate soldier out and br- bring them to today's time, they would consider they would be considered a very extreme individual. They would be right. considered a white supremacist. Right. And I think that you can't really pull a flag away from a group that is already a supremacist form of group. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's similar to taking the Nazi flag and saying that, like, oh, it. I mean, this was what it once stood, stood for. This is what these group of people once stood for. But, mm-hmm. you know, I have family members who, you know, were in this line or I would, I'm from this area and it's a part of our history, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a shameful part of history. Right. You know, like it's, right. it's not meant to be hidden. Right. And I think that's honestly kind of what has been taking place in a way. Like mm-hmm. as the years have continued, you've started to see a lot of the, you know, extreme supremacists go more into hiding. And some of the people who, you know, they, they're not really extremists. Like they're not, they're not extremists in any way. But they just support the flag because, like, oh, I mean, it's it's run like it's run through the family. It's right. very important. Right. But at one point, this person who brought it into your family was an extremist, right? And that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it gets that's just the way it is, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I mean, kind of looking at, you know, even people who kind of stand on the middle ground. I guess this idea of holding them to that standard—that's it's another topic that we were talking about, right? And it's this idea that you know the Confederate flag, it was around for you know you want to say like four to five years Mm -hmm. and then it was refined to you know be a full-on flag in 1904 right um by the uvc as i stated earlier but you kind of see people using it today and like they've kind of like altered this meeting like they no longer want to say that it represents you know oppression Mm -hmm. it now represents pride right and it i mean that's convenient it's very convenient to call it pride because it's a lot easier Mm -hmm. you know it's a lot easier to say that then i guess acknowledge right the pain that went into that flag right and i think and i think it's also part of you know you brought it up earlier when you when you were talking about you know when you're talking about pride and mm-hmm. it, it brings about this question of people that that claim that it's an important part of history and i think that's that's crucial you know yeah. because a lot of the a lot of the people that we or at least a lot of the information that you know we've been we've been looking at that involves people arguing for the confederate flag it's more of this question of or this point off, it, it, it's a part of our history. Yeah. And the way I look at it is, you know, there are a lot of things that are a part of American history. Mm-hmm. But at some point, there has to be an acknowledgement that it may not be the greatest time in history. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when you look at when you look at slavery, right, in as much as at the time it benefited economies and probably the southern states wouldn't be at the point that they were at if it wasn't for slavery mm. we can't now look back and say slavery and that's a, slavery is good then because it benefits economies yeah right so this whole question of and and you know we talk, we we're speaking to people that are like in the middle ground here right we're like a lot of people that we know for a fact aren't supremacists but kind of are in the middle with this argument and say some of these things like it's a part of our history and i say it's tough because in the end you get caught up in trying to support something not because you believe in the ideals, but you're trying to acknowledge that it's present in, in our history. And I don't think that people that are against the Confederate flag mm-hmm. want to bury it. Okay? Just yeah. like just like, you know, black people aren't trying to bury slavery. That's not that's not what's happening here. You know, people aren't yeah. saying the Confederacy should be not be a topic that's spoken about. I think what they want is for everyone to acknowledge that the confederacy did exist and at the time it it may have looked good or pretty for whatever reasons mm-hmm. but thankful to our history we came to a point where it ended mm-hmm. and we should keep it that way yeah 
and it's I mean it's I'm not saying to like you know not kind of I guess if you want to have pride for you know your ancestors mm-hmm. I'm okay with that but right. you have to understand right. what they find their pride in as well mm-hmm. like you don't like don't altering the idea of a flag I guess because the flag is so important in, in the U.S. It's like altering the idea of a flag. It requires history to constantly be rewritten. So I kind of thought in my I, I thought in my own mind. Okay, so what's so different about the U.S. flag, right? Mm-hmm. And what I realized was that with the U.S. with the U.S. flag, it was altered, but we were rewriting history continually mm-hmm. as a country. Like you know, at one point, I mean, obviously, you know, like we're not at a point where you know, African-American history is that deep into, I guess, history books and education, mm-hmm. but there is some. And the, just the concept of where it's it's that's even involved in American history, it tells you that there's an attempt to rectify. Right. There's if, Even if it's a weak attempt, it's an attempt to rectify. Mm-hmm. But I feel as though with the Confederate flag, there has never been an attempt to rectify it. Mm-hmm. There's just constantly been attempts to say, this is the new idea of what it stands for. Right, you know, like, and right. that, without that's, without any acknowledgement that in the past exactly. it didn't quite stand for all the all the right things, right? Exactly. Right. So like you can even see that like like I know we pointed this out already, mm-hmm. but with the civil rights movement, right? I'm sure people who are waving around the Confederate flag at the civil rights movement weren't thinking that oh we need to go back to having slaves. They were at that point then using it to fight against you know desegregation. Mm-hmm. That's what they believed it meant. So how is it that we've gone another 40 50 60 years mm-hmm. and now the uh, the idea has just been altered again like this is literally the the second third time that's being altered mm-hmm. and there's not an there's not an acknowledgement of where it truly came from where it truly started right, right. there's not and um i also wanted to point out the fact that i mean it was after 1904 it, i mean not 1904 after the civil war it was heavily used in memoriam like it was heavily used to you know I guess, represent, you know, Confederate soldiers and, you know, respect their their sacrifices Mm -hmm. and whatnot. You know, like, I completely understand that. But if we're going to start to use that idea that, okay, you know, like, they fought for what they believe in, because, like, honestly, I mean, if someone dies for a cause that they believe in, that in and of itself, it's it's kind of like a natural human thing that we just immediately respect. Like, oh, wow, that's really altruistic. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you think about something that's bigger than you. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to sit here and then look at the flag and say, okay, they died for what they believed in. That's respectful. So we then we can going, make, yeah. yeah, then we can make that same argument for so many other organizations. And I mean, I think even if you look at, you know, the Nazism, it's like you look at right. that and you're thinking, okay, well I can, I can now respect everything that this flag once stood yeah, for because, because I mean, they fought, fought for what they believed believe in, them, yeah. you know, it's and that in and of itself is an extreme idea. Right. Like that is when you get to the extreme because it automatically assumes that everything that this flag stood for and once stood for mm-hmm. is okay. Right. And to right. me, that's that's not really a true sense of awareness mm-hmm. to everything going on. It's right. it's very it's very one track and it's it's not it's not taking into account, you know, your ancestors' beliefs and thoughts. It's not taking into account, you know, how things have changed. Because right. I'm sure that someone who waves around the Confederate flag right now would want me to talk to them as if they were their great 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 grandfather. Mm-hmm. I they wouldn't want me to talk to them that way because they're like, "Oh, I'm sure they would immediately say, "Oh, don't talk to me that way. That's not what I believe in." But the flag did. Right. And the flag does. Right. And you I know, think like that that is what it is. And I think you raise a good point there when you're talking about the evolution of the Confederate ideals. I think the fact that there was never a formal evolution of 
the kind of ideals that they had, I guess, you know, as a community, let's say. Mm. I think because of that, it it allows us to kind of judge people that are current Confederates with the same ideals from the 1860s or before the 1860s, okay? If we're talking back, you know, early 1800s, right? Mm -hmm. We can use the same ideals to try and to judge you and, and see them to be accurate because not a time in history was there a formal acknowledgement of, of the wrongdoing of the past and, uh, um, you know, a method of rectifying that or at least changing those ideals. Okay. Yeah. And I think that, I think that right now, like you, like you've said, there are a lot of people that use it for different reasons without yeah. necessarily understanding that there's more to the flag than the reasons that you're using it for. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, 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 that's very important because like you're saying, you find a lot of these people that say stuff like, you know, it's, it's for people that, we're fighting for something they believe in, and there's that question, right? That if you're if you're if you're fighting for, if you're fighting for what they believe in, have you questioned yourself on what it was they believed? Mm. Okay, and you can't answer that question unless you go back in history and understand the history of the Confederate flag itself and where it started. Mm. And you know, of course, it depends on how you look at it. But if your if your definition is you're fighting for the land, you cannot ignore. Yeah, the bigger picture of what that entailed, what that land actually meant. Exactly, like you, you need to understand what that land meant not only to you but to the other side as well. So now, all that being said, right? I think we can now transition, I guess, into um, the representation of Confederacy today. Okay, mm-hmm. we're looking at the statues, um, yeah, the names of famous buildings or buildings in our education system, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I guess that's kind of where I want to go with this now. Like, what, what, what are your thoughts? Like, right off, right out of the gate, right now. I mean, my thoughts are it's not as obviously the flag was a little bit longer of a conversation, but I think it still has the same. It still has similar roots and similar talking points. You know, like mm-hmm. you kind of do have to talk about what these individuals stood for. So right. even seeing like Robert E. Lee High School, right, which I'm sure that's a thing. Like, I'm not even I'm not even going to question it. I'm sure it is. Um, well, no, I actually did see a, a short video on, <laughs> on Instagram. So, yeah. yeah, false confidence. But um looking at that name and understanding like you know where that actually came from the reason why i hear or not guy or i see robert e lee high school for example or like a robert e lee statue or you know all these other confederate figures and i i'd have a problem with it is that yes hearing their story is important and hearing you know what role they had in history is important mm-hmm. but understanding you know, that you're not, you're not, the whole point of having them in history isn't to put them on a pedestal. Right. It's not meant to put them on a pedestal and, and show everyone and show children that these are heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole point is to let, like, give, give these individuals all the facts from both sides mm-hmm. and then allow, you know, children or, or even just young people the ability to come to a conclusion on their own. Right. Or right. even if you want to like, explain how we got, to where we are today you could even look at it and say like you know oh these individuals robert e lee for example well he did all these things he did these good things he did these the bad things he did mm-hmm. these are you know some of the motives or some of the i guess underlying purposes or reasons of why he did it and the reason why we are where we are today is because we condemned him for this this is how history has played out right right, right. but when you kind of give the story that he was some hero and you start to question like as a, as a young individual i would start to question like okay so why do we rip into him so much or why does this group of people rip into him for having all these quote unquote negative things hmm. cuz i know even even when i was growing up and i learned about robert e lee i didn't really know many bad things about him like even hearing it in social studies in 8th grade like i 
didn't really hear much. Right. So I think within education, you started to see a lot of control from post-Civil War groups that were trying mm. to, you know, paint a celebrate picture. and pe- exactly paint a better picture. Mm. So I even think that I'm pretty sure it even went up to the north because you got support from, you know, northern individuals. Because like we said before, slavery, it wasn't even just in the right, south, but right. it was primarily relied on by the south. Right. The north still had slaves, just not nearly as much. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of like my reason when I look at even like, you know, names and individuals. Mm-hmm. I mean, looking at statues, I think it's a similar idea, you know, like why, why, you know, praise someone enough to put a statue for right, them right you know just to just to know like later on in class that they actually did all these terrible things and mm-hmm. i actually saw something that you know compared it to nazi germany and like post like you know post world war ii and they they pointed out how with the u.s we seem to commemorate all these individuals even though we know what they did was terrible and what they were fighting for you know it, it was rooted it was rooted in maintaining a system of oppression mm-hmm. But in Germany, they tore down all all the the images of a leader who supported a system of oppression, and now they create, you know, memories for the victims. They commemorate the victims, the people who thrived and tried to fight under that system of oppression. Right. You know, like history was written completely differently, and I think that's important. And I think that's just to see that there's such an extreme difference is it's you have to notice that you have to see how in one setting history was written by, you know, even though like they say history is written by the victors, but in this situation, I don't see how that's the case because history was by the looks of it. If you look, if you look at, you know, the flag presence and the, the names and and the statues and stuff, you would think that the Confederates won. Like you would genuinely think that, I mean, besides the idea that there are no slaves, but if you were to look at, you know, strictly all these buildings and whatnot and someone who didn't know anything about, you know, slavery, like assuming like, obviously it's kind of like, you know, it's far fetched, but assuming no one knew about, you know, African-American slavery in in the U S and you just sent someone over here to look at, you know, all these buildings, you would think that these are figures that everybody in the population. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. So I think Mm. it's, it's a time where it's going to come to a time where you need to start recognizing that the victims played an important role in history. Right just as much if not in my opinion more, more way so. more mm-hmm. than you know a general in right. a war who right. was fighting on a side who supported a system that you know held down a group of people but that's personally just the way that i see it like that is my pure opinion yeah so yeah i mean speaking of you know our opinions right i yeah, think yeah. one of the things that we probably should address is the whole thing with nascar right like that has oh, been yeah. That has been a storm on its own, right? It just oh, yeah. it's it's been bad. So I guess we could we could slowly transition into that and start, mm-hmm. you know, expressing our our thoughts and opinions on on the topic, right? But yeah, just to start off, um, I think it'll be important for us to go through some like the history, I guess, of for NASCAR and for Confederate NASCAR flag. and the Confederate flag before we we finally establish ourselves in this in yeah. this incident. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess. First off, I kind of went a little deeper, and I, I remember after I heard that NASCAR removed the Confederate flag, I felt that it was very abrupt, because I think it was Bubba Wallace requested that it be removed, and then literally within two days, it was removed. And I was like, wow, that might be the quickest reaction I've ever seen to like some social justice issue right. in my life. Like right. That was very fast. But I realized that it was actually a question 
prior to Bubba Wallace asking, right? It was back in 2015, the former uh, NASCAR CEO, Brian France, actually requested, um, he didn't demand that, you know, uh, Confederate flags be no longer be shown, but they requested that, um, and I'll just read the statement very quickly. As members of, NAS- of the NASCAR industry, we join NASCAR in, d- in the desire to make our events among the most fan-friendly, welcoming sports in all of sports and entertainment. To do that, we are asking our fans and partners to join us in a renewed effort to create an all-inclusive, even more welcoming atmosphere for all who attend our events. This will include the request to refrain from displaying the Confederate flag at our facilities and NASCAR events. We are committed to providing a welcoming atmosphere Free of offensive symbols, this is an opportunity for NASCAR Nation to demonstrate its sense of mutual respect and acceptance for all who attend our events. So that was kind of like it was it was a very short statement, but I remember um reading that and realizing that okay, okay, he released the statement back in 2015, and I believe it was actually the summer of 2015 when there was a lot of heat for a lot of these Confederate statues in schools, mm-hmm. and you know. After that that year of like you know hearing a lot of people have problems with the Confederate flag, it kind of went silent again, and it mm-hmm. came right back up right around now. So you got Bubba Wallace asking, it happens, and then I think it was like a within a week that's when the whole like news thing happens, mm-hmm. and it's funny because when I heard it, I was extremely shocked. I was like, okay, right. geez, like I mean, I I hope it's all okay. Like I hope no one's actually like, threatening him. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing a lot of people call it like a oh, Jussie Smollett two And then after the FBI investigation came out and said that it was actually there since twenty nineteen, I was like, whew, thank God. Like you know, part as as awful as that sounds, I was actually glad that it wasn't. Or I guess the FBI came to the conclusion that it wasn't a hate crime. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. as long as he's not like you know being severely and seriously threatened, I guess that's the best I could really ask for, you right. know? Right. But as you start to look at like, I think it was, yeah, it was after the FBI released like released their statement, and so did NASCAR after the after the official FBI investigation. NASCAR continued their investigation, and they went to all twenty nine racetracks. They checked all 1684 garage stalls and there were only 11 stalls with pull down ropes tied in like knots right but this is kind of what really threw me off mm-hmm. out of all 11 of those rope like you know those pull down knots for the garage stalls only one of those ropes were tied like a noose right and it was Bubba Wallace's so they they released another statement saying that like you know of all like of all the stalls it's still fishy obviously but mm-hmm. they said you know with our you know like with our procedures back then in October 2019 you know there's no way for us to tell who did it right and you know even if it was like that the whole time right so i mean i'm just glad like i was just glad that there was no significant hate crime being committed mm-hmm. i know it seems that way after i read off those numbers and like read off like, you know the nascar's investigation right. but the fbi concluded there was no serious you know hate crime so i guess that's right what else can i really i can really say right, and i right. remember hearing a lot of people be upset about it they're like oh this is just like you know this was all a sham this is shameful like you know mm-hmm. he should be ashamed of himself and bubble wallace didn't even know it was being investigated until literally i think like a few hours after the nascar like heads found out mm-hmm. you know and i mean so. i guess i guess that's where i kind of come in with my own opinion of the whole thing and i think yeah. that rather than the results of the investigation and everything that happened obviously you know the way i kind of looked at it was well if this thing is is real if it if it's you know if it's a hate crime 
mm-hmm. let it be investigated and the responsible people should be held accountable, right? Yeah. If it's not a hate crime, then okay, thank God, you know. Yeah. And I think that and I think that what one of the things that frustrated me the most about this entire situation and the way it kind of was handled was the fact that a larger focus again was on media and the way that media was portraying the thing, okay? And I think that of course, we're in a time where we have to be careful of the way we receive this information and be very skeptical of, you know, the media's involvement in anything that's racially based. Yeah. But I believe that what's what's more important than worrying about execution in this in in this time is realizing what about any incident is important. OK. Mm-hmm. And I, I add out those same frustrations when we we're speaking about the whole uh, George Floyd incident. And I was saying that the conversation is moving away from what's truly important and we're wasting time focusing on the other minor details of everything that happened. Yeah. Okay? And I think that with the whole Bubba Wallace thing, what happened after they found the news, whether or not it was, what happened with with him driving and like people walking beside him, standing with him, mm. about time, you know? Like about time yeah. that stuff happened because at some point it had to happen, okay? Yeah. It's sad that obviously it's happening over this situation that we may see to be a hate crime or others may see to not be a hate crime, but you can't deny the fact that what what came out of it was good. And I think that that's where our focus should be because media is always going to be biased one way or the other. I think that's yeah. something that's universal to anything that's happened in, in, in American history or the history of the world. Media is always going to be biased in some way, shape, or form. But ultimately, there are some undeniable facts about everything that happens. Yeah. And we need to be smart enough and educated enough to see those small things, see those things that aren't being portray- portrayed, pick up on those and celebrate those victories, or at least look at it that way, okay? The way I looked at the whole Bob Wallace thing, like I said, it would have been very, very sad if that was a hate crime. Yeah. I'm not saying that it was. I'm not saying that it wasn't. But if it was, very sad. Let's do something about it. If it wasn't, thank God, okay? Yeah. That's the kind of attitude that everyone should have moving forward. And I think that's the kind of attitude where we can start to see each other as being on the same page. Because the moment you start expressing your thoughts and feelings about how the media is you know is operating and trying to report on that bias Mm -hmm. you start acknowledging that at some point the media was biased towards your own views yeah right at some point in history on some topic there was some bias and it was in your favor just because this time around it looks like it's not in your favor doesn't necessarily mean it's the first time that it's ever existed and i think that level of ignorance is what causes people now to start arguing amongst themselves and appearing to actually be on the side that they're not, okay? Like, we're looking at a situation like this. The people that are spending more time speaking about the way media is portraying this, oh, look at this, the media blowing it out of proportion, in a way, it almost seems as though you're in support of the hate crime. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like you because you're not say, focused on the actual exactly. crime in and of itself. It's, it's like, okay, if the media didn't blow this out or if the media mm-hmm. blew it out, does that make it a good thing suddenly? Yeah. You know? And it's the question that nobody wants to ask themselves. And I think it's very, very important that people start asking themselves those questions. The media will always be biased. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. It, yeah. it has always been. It always will be. It's up to you to look at the facts, look at what's happening, and decide what angle you're going to take. Yeah. Rather be on the neutral end of things, not worried about the way everyone's taking it, than to be open about, you know, how something is being taken and then having to come back and retract your words. Because, you know, like we're saying, like a couple of people were caught up in that situation Mm -hmm. where at first they came out flying out and saying, oh, this looks like it's a conspiracy, like he did this. And then other evidence is pointed to the contrary. And it's like, what do you say then? Yeah. You know, but your position on the matter has already been taken. No, it's it appears as though you're on the other side. But are you truly, you know? and, And so I think that 
again, like, you know, it, it goes back to you and I tr- avoiding any sort of public commentary before we truly think about these things. And I think that everyone needs to have that same level of understanding and such a level head that, you know, when you hear these things, try and process everything, try and hear both sides of the story, make up your own conclusions. But unless you're absolutely certain, don't be so vocal on it because it ends up going against something that perhaps you support and taking this conversation of bringing justice to the black community for years and years of oppression a a few steps backwards just because you're not happy with the way something was portrayed in the media. And honestly, I think it's also a form of, I guess, playing on humanity. But I think at one point, this isn't even me asking for someone to play off of their emotions. This is me asking to just simply take into account your humanity. Right. Like just take into account, if you look at it, for what it is, remove your political bias, remove mm-hmm. everything that that you might feel about outside conversations regarding maybe bits and pieces of the situation. Mm-hmm. Just look at it and say, is this sad? Like, is, right. is what I want this to happen to, or if this happened to someone that I knew, how would I feel? It's, mm-hmm. it's disappointing because, mm-hmm. I mean, just think about it. Like, you know, you see a noose in, in someone's stall and like, it's naturally, I think it's it's a sense of you want to protect that person. Mm. So at one point, it's me, me even like, you know, taking it seriously is a form of me wanting to protect this individual. Right. If I don't start taking it seriously. And I dismiss it as soon as I hear it. Then, then like, what if it is true? Right. And what if something right. does happen? You know, like, I'd rather err on the safe side of things than, oh, well, it didn't correctly line up with the things I believe in. So, I mean, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. even if you end up being right, you know, you're not always going to end up being right. Right. Like this isn't this is one situation like it's not you're not always going to be right. So you might as well play it safe while you still can, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I guess that's my advice to many individuals who kind of look at situations like this and they start to argue, I guess, the way that it was right. built up or the way that it was expressed. And I get it. You know, we're educated individuals and it does matter the way that mm-hmm. you argue things like mm-hmm. I personally am that way. Oh, I hear arguments. And if I think that it is argued poorly, I already start to feel a little questionable. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, regardless of how it's argued, I'm going to sit down and think about it and think, okay, where are they really coming from factually? And if I can agree with it and I can make an argument for them in my head, then I think that's fair. But if I don't even want to make an argument for them in my head and all all I'm worried about is, you know, how it's portrayed, how it's mm-hmm. argued. If that's all I'm worried about, mm-hmm. then I start to miss the point and I start to miss the truth. Yeah, and you you miss a, you definitely miss like an opportunity to educate and, and yeah, and you learn miss an from it, right? I mean, we're not in court here. You're not trying to get off on a technicality. You're trying to, you know, learn and yeah. and be a better person. At least that's how I look at everything that I encounter, right? Like before, yeah. before anything, and I look at how easy it is to wiggle out of, <laughs> you know, the argument. It, it becomes a question of my own character and it's and it's like I have to question some of the things that I've held true to myself those beliefs and see if they're backed by any factual knowledge or if I need to rectify them and make changes yeah. and I think that kind of mentality will really really help at least our generation mm-hmm. because you know we're at that point where we're starting to face a lot of questions we're questioning a lot of our prior ideals and seeing if they really stick and I think mm-hmm. it's a it's a scary time for everybody of course but you know, you have to stay true to it and, and, and learn and educate yeah. yourself and, and aim to be a better person eventually and realize that not everybody is, is going to speak to you in the manner in which you most, you know, you like to. 
you know yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of just breaking down everything to its core and trying to absorb the fundamentals and learning from there rather than looking at this big painted picture and seeing if everything works you know yeah exactly but yeah no that's that's basically all we had for you guys today as far as you know episode three hope you like it listen to it share it please yeah and Um, uh also just a shout out um we actually are looking for, I guess, more topics. You know, we're gonna start right. opening up, and I'm I'm gonna start putting up polls on the Instagram page. Um, DM me or Ravi. You know, if you have any ideas of what we should talk about, uh, following up off of this topic or following up off of maybe Black Lives Matter movements, it's something that you want us to talk about. Maybe mm-hmm. something we're not quite informed of yet. But you know, it's just extending the invitation. You know, feel free to uh, check our Instagram story. You know, check out the polls and let us know what you think. But um, yeah. See you guys next time. Peace. Cheers.